Ladies and gentlemen, the recipients of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times best-selling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America and world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer. As always, speaking to you in my own voice, trying to save America and the world at large from itself, starting with me. And as always, I want to take a moment, <clears throat> excuse me, to thank you for your time. I, I've said this a million times, and I will repeat saying this. I know how busy everyone is. It, it, it's if, Even before COVID and now that we're living with COVID, life is just so, so fast and so intense. And it's almost like, you know, uh, uh, having a thousand channels on the television shows. There's so many great shows. I can't, we all can't get to all of them. We have to be very selective of what shows we want or... I think at my age, I have to be very selective of my time and my energy. You know, I don't have a lot of time for drama or needless white noise, per se. And I choose, we'll talk about it more later, how to deal with things. So I'm just so honored that you can take your valuable time to give us a listen. It means the world to me. And I always want to give you the best shows that I can. I know I kind of stumble and fumble a little bit. But in my heart, I pray that these shows make a difference. I want you to listen to the shows and think, hmm, hmm. Don't agree with everything he says, but, you know, I just want you to be happy. I want you to have a fulfilled life. I want you to move beyond the, 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 the normal boundaries of, of yourself or oneself. And, you know, to kind of look at things in a different light, to be optimistic to deal with situations that maybe we thought were impossible. And then once we go through that door, boom, we're more settled, we're more grounded, we're more humble, and we're better folks. So I really appreciate your valuable, valuable time. It means the world to me. And I'm always proud because when I do these shows, there's a lot to them. You know, they kind of sound simple, but I, it makes me want to activate on my own <laughs> advice. All right, so thank you again for your time. As always, the first question, the most important question is, how are you today? Hopefully we had a nice summer. We're rolling into fall, and in a few weeks we'll have uh, Halloween coming up, and then we start the silly season with all the holidays and all the trimmings and so forth. And I just want you to make sure as we kind of spool up for that, <sighs> that you can take a breath of fresh air, and just kind of push back a little bit and enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. Don't overstress about doing a thousand things at once. Just take time because in all that you do, always take care of you. Okay. Well, uh, I've been gone for a while and I apologize. And it's, it's I, <laughs> I got to tell you, sometimes I think <laughs> I, I have so many angels out there praying for me. Dave. Where you been? Where you at? I bumped into a, a lady friend of mine. She's a, a, a young bartender, and I, I, I frequent a, a bar every once in a while. And she ran up and gave me a hug, and she thought, oh, my God, I thought you were dead. I'm going, I seem to be getting that a lot lately because <laughs> I do make myself scarce. Or in my case, I'm always coming back from another adventure, per se. And what I like about my life, I feel like the there's a character, I think it's called Jack Bauer, from the series 24, 
and he's a anti-terrorist guy, and he's always trying to, he's got 24 hours to find the bomb or defuse the bomb and all the things that he has to do. And then, and then it's like he does that, and then the next day, boop, he's got another adventure or misadventure. And I feel like that character, because I was gone for a while doing some things, and, and the moment I came back, and I kind of knew that this is how God loves me. He always gives me another uh, mission, per se. And I came back, and I have a couple relatives not doing very well and, and, and trying to help out and assist with that and all the... This, you know, it does add to it a little bit, but uh, there's always something is what I'm trying to convey. Especially if you're a parent, you put the kids to bed, you have a moment to yourself, but maybe the baby's crying or Johnny needs a, a bedtime story. There's always something going on. And it's just how life is. I think we live in a very hypersonic world. I remember uh, a pastor, a good friend of mine, Father Lincoln, we've talked about him on the show, he said on the pulpit, he said the computers were supposed to make our lives 50% less stress. You know, we press a button, boop, things are solved, we get answers. But then he said, too, it's actually added like 83% more stress. And I think a lot of our stress in life is self-induced. I really, really do. So it's, I try to make sure mm, that I put myself in check as well. There was a a show, very smart show, and and uh, I really uh, uh, admire the production of the series. It's called Mission Impossible, and it's uh, the actor is the producer Tom Cruise. And in Mission Impossible Seven, there's a scene. It's just oh my gosh, uh, uh, Simon Pegg says, "Okay, so hang on a second. We have to find a door that doesn't exist, that 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 we can't get into." that I have to get into, and out of 10,000 uh, luggage uh, uh, pieces uh, in the airport, I have to find the one that contains a thermonuclear weapon while you go up to the mark and, and get the flash drive without anybody knowing about it. Monday. <laughs> the way he just says it, like, this is a typical thing for us, it's Monday. Because Mondays are usually you're overwhelmed with work or house duties or whatever. And I sometimes, I, I, I kind of I feel like that. But I understand that a lot of people, again, their stress is self-induced. I know of a lady, and we're not really friends. Uh, she's just the most miserable person on this planet. She's a little bit younger than me. She lived... Uh, with her husband who wanted nothing to do with her and eventually they didn't even speak for months when he finally spoke he said the d word divorce his kids hate her so she hates the kids the husband doesn't want to work because work is hard and she disassociated herself from her long time best friend and she just lives in misery I just don't understand this I just don't understand this because in our age I think life is about choices we don't have a lot of time left so we have to choose wisely it's like golf and you're on the back nine of the golf course so you got to watch every stroke here's a a line and I'm looking at this uh, this actor it says uh, 
being 60, a midlife crisis is bound to happen. Me, I had a heart attack a year and a half ago and suddenly had a sense there was a harsh limit on time. When it ends, it ends. So whatever you're doing now and you're not enjoying it, there's sometimes the stuff that you have to do or stuff that you used to enjoy. Ask yourself, how much longer do you re really want to be doing it? Hmm. Does that make sense? And that's from the actor who played uh, in, what was it, Breaking Bad. He was that crazy attorney, Saul, and they did a, another series called Better Call Saul. And that's Bob Odenkirk. And he's, I, oh gosh, I'm older than him, and he looks pretty good. <laughs> but he's got a good attitude. Because sometimes, you know, what is it? Man plan, God laughs, and we have to choose. You see, that's a choice. Life is about choices. I just, uh, a few minutes ago, before where I put on this show, I was talking to junior high students in North Dakota uh, and high school students. And, and I was telling them, okay, here's the deal. The F word is focus. Where are you at? Where are you going? And how are you going to get there? Because you've got to carry your own weight. If you can decide what songs you listen to, what clothes you're wearing, you can decide on life's choices. I also told them in my age, if you had a five-year plan, you were a genius. You're really thinking ahead. But I say that your age, because life is so hyper-intense, goes by so fast, you have to think about 20 years ahead about your body, your finances, your spirituality, and deep inside the person that you wish to become. I also said to the students, you know, I'm 62. I act like I'm a teenager. My grandson and I get in all kinds of trouble. <laughs> I said, but I, the things I did 40 years ago, whether it was working out or what I put into this body, or how I thought is starting to pay off. Because I see so many people, folks, I just don't understand. How come they're not happy? There's, a, there's this fancy mall just uh, north of San Francisco. It's uh, in Corta Madera, California. And it's, it's I mean, it's high, everything's high-end in the store. And every once in a while, I, I get a, a sweater or a nice... Uh, uh, shirt from something called Tommy Bahamas, you know it's 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 Caribbean wear per se. You know it's 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 a little flashy, but the thing is, every time I w and it's an outside mall and they've got you know Williams Sonoma, Nordstrom's, all the fancy stores, and everybody I see there, particularly the the, the ladies who dress in nice clothes and they've got jewelry or they've got the the the, the, the expensive purses on their phone just grimacing and just either yelling or sniping on the phone. And I'm going, my God, it's a beautiful day. You're in a very beautiful mall. Let's put a smile on that face. But as we say in program, when I work with people who are new in the AA program or NA program, and they teach me more about life's lessons than I am to give to them, that's their side of the street. I can't judge people per se. If they're misery, if they're miserable, I say let them be miserable because it makes me more happy. That is their side of the street. Hence, you know, you, I can't judge that much. But I just, I don't understand. And you know what? I just have to give up on that because I, I choose to be happy. 
It's like that lady, she, the common denominator. And again, her husband's children just hated her. So eventually they did divorce, and she moved out of the house, and she actually threatened, uh, like, like a little child, I'm just going to live in my car. And I'm thinking, you don't have a job. You don't do anything, so you're just going to live in your car. Right, okay, with your misery, of course. And she moved in with, with, with a gay couple that she's been friends with for many, many years. And then one of the gentlemen had a medical condition. He's in the hospital. The other guy uh, uh, started to fall apart, and she would just nitpick him, like, I have to take care of you, and I have to do this, and I have to do that. And she's nitpicking everything, and, and she's got free room and board. And I'm thinking, my gosh, you're the common denominator. This is the life that you chose. The life that you're living is the life that you chose to live. Does that make sense? And again, I the older I get, my mission, I was talking to someone a few minutes ago. Uh, I'm, I'm helping out uh, a, a, a person because I think it's fantastic and deserves recognition. And, and, and I said, you know, doing things for other people is the best service. You know, I want to become a national, I want to become an ambassador of goodwill per se. Because even if I'm having a bad day, I make sure I smile a little bit more. I try to be less judgmental. And eventually, my inner self comes out. Does that make sense? Because a lot of folks, and I know you know this, they thrive on misery. They thrive on drama, unnecessary drama. And if you don't believe me, uh, uh, off the top of my head, the, the, the Hollywood housewives or the housewives of Orange County or keeping up with the Kardashians. I watched, I think, 10 minutes of one episode of the Kardashians. I just almost threw up. I'm like, what the heck did you say? Or this is your thought process? Your sole mission in life is to have people admire you? Wow, okay, whatever. But maybe, again, that's their side of the street. Because it happens, you know, all of us at one time or another. You know, we're so busy, we get trapped in the, in, in, in the hamster wheel. Go, go, go. You know, and a lot of drama follows that intensity. I remember just a few years ago, a nap ago per se, uh, I was on the road over 200 days a year. And I would work 10 hours a day. Okay, okay. Uh, 12 hours a day. Come on, Dave, pick it up. 14 to 16 hours every day just trying to solve other people's problems or doing programs or trying to give of myself. And I thought, you know, when I, the more I give, the more they'll like me or appreciate me, you know? No, no, it's the opposite. Well, you spent two hours with this guy, or you spent uh, 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 three hours with us, we want four hours next time. And it was just drama, drama, drama. And I had to realize I have to take care of myself first. Out of all the lessons I have learned in just the last few years, because of COVID, because of being a fire captain in two separate districts in California because of an unexpected divorce. I had to learn the hard lesson that everybody was trying to tell me, but I wasn't able to receive it at the time. Very hard lesson is I have to take care of myself first. If I don't, 
I'm not going to be there for my grandchild. I'm not going to see him grow up. I'm not going to see him go through life. I'm not going to be there for my son. And I don't call the lovely Miss Sindel my, my daughter-in-law. I just call her my daughter because it makes me want to open up my heart more to her. And it's taken us a few years just to get to the level of trust or just talking about nothing. Sometimes we'll talk for a half hour, even an hour on our Sunday talks because my son is working and, and, and SJ's playing and doing something in the background. We'll just talk and laugh and just talk about life in general. But I have to take care of myself first. That's why I say, and you need to get a tattoo, get this tattoo. Again, with all that you do, take care of you. So I'm trying to say you take control. It's like flying a jet. I have the aircraft. Left turn, right bank, up, down, landing gear down, touch and go, take off, take control. There is a, I'll never forget this. I haven't thought about this in years. There was this grumpy instructor pilot, and he'd always beat up on the young co-pilots. This guy's an old major. You know, he would actually smoke, back in the day, smoke a cigarette inside a jet-fueled air tanker. And this is before political correctness and so forth. And and he'd let the co-pilots get overwhelmed. He would deliberately just pile on things that they had to do, problems they had to solve. And and finally, he would just, you know, take his arms off the uh, the yoke and say, what the hell are you doing, co-pilot? Are you flying the jet or is the jet flying you? Hmm. Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? Because life is like a jet. Life is loud. Life is busy. So I say, slow things down. Does that make sense? Because I didn't know how busy I was. Again, I thought traveling 200 days a year, doing all these programs, to me, that was normal. Doing four, five, seven presentations in a single day was normal. I knew I had a problem with all the traveling. I would get done, you know, with everything, get back to the hotel, motel at 11 o'clock, 11.30 at night, and I would have to leave at about 2 o'clock to drive to drop off the rental car after filling it with gas and then getting the first plane out of Dodge, per se. I knew I had a problem when I rewarded myself with Taco Bell. I got uh, the, the Supreme Taco, Big Burrito, and a Pepsi Coke. And I got to the room, put down the food, and then I went over all the paperwork I had to do, directions for the next thing, the, uh, flying, uh, the times, packing, folding clothes, and put them in a certain way so I can grab socks and grab a shirt, boom, 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 and start running again. I knew I had a problem when at 2 o'clock when I was done, I forgot to eat. And it really hit me when I tried to eat the taco, which was soggy and cold. Because I don't had that's the only meal I eat because I don't eat when I'm working because I don't want to get anything on my shirt. Or if the food doesn't agree with me, you know, that type of problem. I knew I had a situation. I said, Dave, you're putting yourself last. You don't even have time to feed yourself. And it's kind of psychological because my mother, when I was a child, would use food 
as a weapon. Food was a reward per se. And that's just one of my many, many little micro triggers is food. But I'm trying to look at things differently. I did not know how overwhelmed I was until after I moved away from Sea Ranch, which is in northern, it's about an hour and a half north of here. I would, seven days a week, be in full uniform. Utility belt, uh, boots, a utility pants with like five pounds of stuff in that, uh, 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 and wearing a shirt, whatever, had a pager on all the time. I was always seven days a week dressed, per se, ready to go. And then I decided, which was a good adventure, mm-hmm, there is that word again, drive down to the Russian River area in Monterio, which is right next door to us in Guerinville. Work a shift there and then drive up the hill back to Sea Ranch. And half the time uh, I'd see an accident, I'd get involved to help out. Uh, or have, and what I'd do is I would check into Sea Ranch Fire Department with Northern uh, or Cal Fire, get a briefing from them and sometimes help with training, and then finally get home three or four hours later, unpack, and then, of course, COVID hit. And I, that was a big thing for first responders. We had to wear PPE, protective uh, gear, equipment. And then uh, I remember when, when we rolled out uh, Operation Warp Speed, when we got the shots, and we would have people in line. We had a good program. I'm so proud of that. Uh, some people were waiting three or four hours in cities, running out of gas, you know, and sometimes they ran out of the shots. We, can g- we, we got you in and out in less than 30 minutes. And 20 minutes, you had to just stay there so, this, so we can see how you reacted to the shots in case something went awry. So I would help out with that. And at the same time, what I was doing is I was giving out these uh, gift cards at the local grocery store so people can you know, buy diapers or, or, or baby food or maybe a chocolate candy bar for their kids, for God's sakes. Then, of course, I had to pack for my lovely bride who was, we were divorcing, and then I had to pack for myself. I did not know how stressed out I was until I finally slowed down. Either you control your life or life controls you. Are you flying the jet? Or is the jet flying you? Does that make sense? I had to physically slow down. The first thing I did when I moved down uh, from Sea Ranch to the Russian River area, the first thing I noticed immediately within a day or two is I was driving a lot slower. I was not a fast driver, particularly when you drive engines, it looks like we're going fast, but good drivers, we go real slow because the faster you go, the faster you're going to get into trouble. And those engines do not stop on a dime. It's very dangerous. I've seen a lot of frantic firefighters get themselves into a lot of trouble quickly. It damages equipment. It looks bad in front of the public. And you can get yourself or someone else hurt. So the first thing I noticed when I moved I was driving slowly, and I would, you know, okay, you turn before I do, or it's okay, it's all right, you know, kind of just made, I just wanted to make sure my world was operating slower. One thing, and I remember, too, walking slower, walking, when I'm really relaxed, I walk super slow. Part of it is I don't want to miss anything. 
it's, it's a different world. See, because I, I, I lived in a basement, and because at times my mother w- refused to feed me, like one time I think it was like seven days, no food whatsoever. I couldn't steal from the garbage cans because it was laced with ammonia or Clorox. I remember what I used to do is sneak water. I would fill up my, my stomach with, I thought my stomach would burst with all the water. At least I had that. So uh, even like uh, I, I had rags for clothes. And I'm saying because of my past, I think I appreciate things all the more. I've always had that. That's a blessing, I think, that, that, that my higher power has, has given me. It's like with me, every bite I take, I try to eat slower, which they say is healthier, particularly at my age. Chew your food more, just like they taught us in kindergarten. You know? Well, I, I, and I love, the, the one thing I think I love the most, I call it Clean Sheet Friday. I remember when I was a child, my mom, it was summertime, and she would call me up from the basement to, to, to clean the dinner table. She would scrape off the food and put it in the garbage can and lace it, like I said, because so, I used to steal the food. And she called me up one time, and she was this ranting and raving that I had 20 minutes to do the dishes, the dinner dishes. Otherwise, uh, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. But the thing about mother is the moment she starts talking, the clock starts running. So she would rant for like 10, 15 minutes. I'm going, come on, come on, get to it. Come on, let me, let, I, I got to work. I got to, you know, I got to have something to eat. And by accident, she had this knife in her hand. She was waving it around. She was a little intoxicated. And by accident, it wasn't premeditated, she slipped. And the knife, you know, launched from her hand and it stabbed me in the chest. And I remember kind of blacking out, waking up, and she's trying to put a tourniquet around my chest. You know, because she was a nurse before she married my dad. And I swear to you, this is going to sound a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, crazy. I was actually smiling on the inside because I thought, finally, we're done. You can't hide this. You have to take me to the hospital. And I would black out, and she still put me together as best she could. And I remember smiling to myself because I thought, clean sheets. You see, I slept in the basement on this old army cot. And I had rags for a blanket, basically. And I thought, wow, I'm finally going to have clean sheets. The best part when I used to travel, you know, hotel, motel, whatever, is crisp, clean sheets. They have a nice smell to them. I love it. I changed my duvet cover probably six times a year because, one, I like to rotate them, but I try to change them for the seasons and the colors, and I can't begin to tell you how much I smile when I have clean sheets with a brand new uh, uh, or seasonal duvet cover. I have this mattress. I think they call it the cloud mattress, and and then I have a three-inch topper on top of that, so mm, and then I have in this wintertime, I can heat up the bed, and I have really nice pillows, and I, you know, I hug them. I use them. Uh, <laughs> I hug the pillows at night. Uh, you know, that's probably TMI. It's just something I just love is laying down on this cloud bed and how it envelops me and how it makes me feel. We do it every day. 
It's kind of like if we ate prime rib every day, it would be nothing. You know? It's kind of like during the, uh, 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 what was it, Too Big to Fail, 2008, you know, the Great Recession. People had to really watch their, their, their dimes and their nickels and their pennies. And I remember one time I said on a radio show I had, I said, I'm loving this. And the calls just lit up. I said, we used to go to Mickey D's every day, but now we only go once a month. But we really appreciate it all the more. Does that make sense? It's an attitude thing. I'll never forget, as we were starting to get out of COVID, that I took, uh, I, I would do this as a tradition. Before COVID, I would always take my crew out to breakfast so we can talk about things and the training we're going to do or let's, you know, equipment checkouts and so forth. So we were one of the first crews, per se, to, to, to go to a restaurant, local restaurant, and I sat the crew outside and I said, no talking. And they understood. They're eating outside, looking at this majestic uh, uh, golf course. It's just a nine-hole golf course. To me, it's the most amazing golf course in the world because it has redwood trees. You're golfing with God. And the young men understood. They ate slower. They nodded at each other. And I said, now, now that we're done with breakfast, call your parents and say two words. What's that? Thank you. Isn't that amazing? Powerful words. Thank you. Thank you. When I left Sea Ranch, it was very hard because I was leaving my family, my firefighter family that I've known for about a decade. And I had to turn in my, some of my equipment. And I finally did something I haven't done in like nine years. I shut off my pager. That thing was on 24 hours a day. And I left, I took out my, uh, my bunker gear stuff from my little locker and I left them a note, two words, thank you. One of my firefighters took it. He said I was gonna put it in a frame. <laughs> Because I drew a little happy face, as I always do. I'm just so grateful that the life that God has given me, does that make sense? I'll never forget uh, one of the best times of my life, and I probably have told this story before, but I love this story. Uh, I was in kindergarten, the last day of kindergarten, and I ramped the hill. I got released a few minutes early. And my two brothers were, like, so excited, and this uh, Impala, this... Uh, a Chevy Impala station wagon, an old clunky station wagon, filled on, on top of the roof. Everything was tied down. It was filled in the back for our little summer vacation. We crossed the Golden Gate Bridge, and I'm just so excited, you know, because we're going to the Russian River. My two brothers fall asleep, and they were missing everything. And we finally came into the little city of Guerneville, and there was this little turn, and my nose was pressed against the glass, and I was fogging it up like an excited dog. And there was vineyards, the winery past this Corbell winery, they make champagne. And then I see thousands upon thousands of, of, of redwood trees almost touching the sky. Thousands, bright green leaves, the bark, the redwood color of the, of the, of, of, of the trees. It's just something that had an impression on me. And I've seen that it's a small left hand, you go straight, and it's a small, gentle turn. And I've driven by it a thousand times. And I, as a child, when things were really bad, I used to dream about somehow flying like I'm a Superman character in that one turn, seeing the trees. 
And to this day, every time I take the turn into the small village of, of Guerneville, it just fills my heart. What fills yours? Do you deliberately drive slower and make turns, or you just blaze through it? It's your choice, and it is about attitude. I've been driving this home deliberately the last four shows. Your attitude is everything. If you're filled with misery or regret, that's up to you. Flip the switch. Are you living life, or is life living you? Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? There is a, I haven't seen it in many years, and, and I saw I saw it again in, uh, God, maybe, I think I saw it maybe 10 years ago when it first came out. It's a very dark film, and, and uh, I, I ju it just makes me think more. It's called American Beauty with Kevin Spacey. It opens up, this is the last day of my life, and then it, you know, says, here's what happened a year ago, and how it came to be, uh, the character was shot and murdered. And, and he says, it's not what you think. Everybody always says your life goes in a flash when you're about to die. He says, no, I see everything. And it shows his character as a boy uh, uh, laying in this immense field, and the birds are flying overhead. And it shows the boy growing up a little bit more, and he's outside counting all the stars. It shows the boy when he dates this beautiful girl. Shows the young man marrying the beautiful girl. Shows the wife and the husband and their babies in the picture. And th there's, there's a line that he says, and it just grabs my heart. He says, there's so much beauty out there. It's everywhere. And it's overwhelming. You won't get it, but now I do. So what I'm saying to you now is it's your turn. Just a little turn can change the course of your life. Just a smile on your face that you can give to others. It's like these grimacing people I see. Sometimes I deliberately make eye contact. I smile. and I give them the nod. And I always try to say three or four times a day, thank you, sir. Thank you, miss, because I don't know what they're going through. As a child, uh, one of my teachers laid his hand on my shoulder, and he said, good work, Pelzer. Keep it up. And I swelled. I absorbed it. But it's about choices. You deserve to be happy. If you're going through a rough patch right now, it's just for the now. It's not forever. I still adore my former wife. I th I'm still in love with her, but it makes me cherish our time all the more because you don't know what you have, per se, until it is gone, whether it's health, finances, a sick relative that desperately, desperately needs help. And that's why I always say this. Do as much as you can for as long as you can for as many as you can. But you choose your life's direction, your life's turns. So here's your homework assignment. Go back to your American Beauty days when things weren't so fast. So you can see life slower. So you can appreciate all the beauty 
that is around us everywhere and get it. Don't lose it. Okay. Well, this is going to be, oh, it's, yeah, you know, it's going to be a little short show. <laughs> I really pray that th these shows make a difference for you folks. I truly, truly do. I want you to be so, so happy. And you deserve to be happiness. You deserve to be happy. So with that, I want to thank our friends at uh, Pat Metheny for allowing us to use this beautiful music. Go to his library, his music library. There is no doubt. You'll find a song, boom, that will make your heart swell. And I want to thank everybody, because this is a production of, <laughs> of the show, you know, put in together and so forth. And I, again, I just want you to live a beautiful, beautiful life. So until next time, my friends, good day, good luck, and God bless. Thank you.